What's going on, Azel, Texas? Welcome to episode 56 of season four of Talk and Throws Podcast, Texas Style. I'm Coach Jason. And I'm Coach Janelle. And we are throwing coaches with the track club, the Throwing Factory. Uh, you can go check out the throwingfactory.com for our information. Guys, we are looking for throwers. We are doing lessons. We're doing online lessons. If you want to inquire about that, go to the thornfactory.com. You contact, you'll find my contact information there, Coach Janelle's. But also to remind everybody that we have two other clubs, West at the Thorn Factory and East at the Thorn Factory. And they're led by Coach Kai and Coach Jarvis. So if you're in those areas and are interested in maybe doing a one-on-one lesson or maybe a FaceTime lesson with those guys, please reach out to them on the thornfactory.com website. Also remind everybody too, about our apparel page. We got these cool new shirts out, a podcast shirt, hats, um, sweatshirts, warm-up suits, anything you need to look cool at a track meet, go to thornfactory.com and hit the shopping page and we'll be able to take care of you on that. Then also to remind everybody too about our YouTube channel, uh, search Talk and Throws Podcast Texas Style on YouTube. Uh, Subscribe to it download it give us a thumbs up if you like that's cool if you don't like thumbs down you know we're open to criticism around here so then also too um we got to thank our sponsors for season four without those guys we can't do what we do we want to thank uh texas track and field coach association that website is ttfca.org um that's stuart Cantor's running that if you want to know anything in news about texas track and field that's the site to go to I know he's got this winter clinic coming up 7th and 8th. He's got some cool speakers and, and people um, coming in from out of state to possibly do that. But then also, too, just looking at the calendar uh, for getting in for uh, 2022, you have like Fast Track Collegiate Opener for uh, at University of Houston. That will be the 3, December 3rd and 4th. That's Fast Track Youth High School Master Open. Uh, you have... On January the 8th, you have the Fast Track Collegiate Open Invitational at University of Houston. And then February uh, the 20th, I believe, you have the Coach O Youth Indoor Championships, which will be at the University of Houston. Um, And there's other meets listed there. Even some outdoor meets are already listed. So go to ttfc.org and check out the site. Our favorite sub, I mean, our favorite supplement, favorite implement company, Four throws, quality implements priced right right now on their site. If you're looking for a training iron shot put, they have one for $18.69. If you're looking for a training javelin, they have a steel tip yellow, black, and white for $98.99. Go to fourthrows.com, use the code TALKINGTHROWS20 to get 20% off. If you're looking for a disc, a shot put, hammer, weight, anything like that, even throwing equipment, netting, you know, measuring sticks, whatever you need, you can go to fourthrows.com. Um, fourth, uh, circle.com Porta-Circle.com. Make it throwing more accessible. Go to Porta-Circle.com. Use the code TALKYTHROWS10. Winter's coming. You know, starting to get cold outside. I know we've had some snow already hit the U.S. If you're looking to, have, to go indoors at, on your basketball gym or in the hallway or underneath your stadium or in your driveway, uh, the Porta Circle is very easy to put up to get those extra reps. So go to porta-circle.com and use the code TALKINGTHROWS20. Our favorite athletic development, Ready Up Athletic Development, ran by Zach Phillips, 
8347. He is out of the greater Austin area. You can check him out at readyupad.com and follow him on Instagram and Facebook at readyup. Uh, but then our new sponsor for this year for season four, Fiber Sport Discus. Welcome to a new way to get distance. Fiber Sports Discus is taking the guesswork out of a discus selection. Um, here's what it looks like. Ta-da. There we go. I could never get it right. <laughs> so this is a 1.6. So go check that out. Um, you can contact Bruce Caldwell at 817-819-1479 or uh, go to his website, fibersportdiscus.com. Uh, to get information and more information about the new fiber sports discus. On today, on yes, on today's <laughs> episode is probably considered one of the greatest throwers all time to ever come out of Texas high school track and field. Um, in 2012, she was a Gatorade National Track and Field Athlete of the Years. Um, also in 2012, she was Track and Field News High School Athlete of the Year. She is the national record holder in the discus in high school with a mark of 198.9 and a quarter. Um, also, as a, just a few weeks after graduating in 2012, she placed fourth at the U.S. Olympic Trials. Um, in 2014, she placed third at in the discus at the U.S. Outdoor Track and Field Championships. She was also a two-time national champion while throwing at Texas A&M University and also an SEC record holder um, in the discus out of Texas A&M. In 2016, she placed second in the discus at the U.S. Olympic Trials to qualify for the 2016 uh, Summer Olympic Games in Rio, excuse me. And she's currently an owner of Blessing Bites. She's living in Azel, Texas. She's currently a mom and she's married and she's also coaching Club Volleyball, please welcome to the show, to episode 56, Shelby Vaughn Wally. So much, to, we're so grateful to have her on. Hello. Can you hear us? Maybe. Oh. There we go. There we go. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are y'all? We're great. So glad to have you on. Absolutely. It's a, it's an honor, and I will admit you're like a big fish in our little pond. And so, <laughs> I know I'm on season four. I just want to set the record straight. I didn't have the nerve the first two or three seasons to <laughs> offer this up to you because I didn't want to face the rejection. So I was hoping that we would be good enough and worthy to get you on. So I felt bold two weeks ago. So. <laughs> All right, I think we're ready to go then. Yeah, awesome. All right, Shelby, I um, I have the honor of watching you throw a lot in high school since um, my daughter, I tell them I wasn't going to talk much about them, but it was at Mansfield High. So we are so excited oh, to have you awesome. on. Yeah. Um, so tell us, how did you get started throwing? When did you first start throwing? I got started in throwing in seventh grade. Um, I was actually a sprinter, believe it or not. Mm. And um, the throws coach noticed me and said that I need to throw. And I fought her with it for a while. I was like, no, I'm too fast to throw. <laughs> okay. And so I tried it out and just so happened, I was good at it. Who knew speed translates over to throwing back yes. then <laughs> when you're in seventh grade. Um, so pretty much she started me in it and it kind of just went from there started breaking pretty much all the records at the schools and 
moved up to high school and broke those records too. So I thought I might be a little bit good at it. <laughs> oh, what was this coach's name? Do you remember? Oh yeah. She is my favorite person. Uh, her name's Teresa Moore and her phone, her name and my phone is the greatest coach ever because oh. she, I mean, if it weren't for her, I wouldn't have accomplished all the things I have. So <laughs> now did she have a background in throwing? She threw in high school and she was pretty decent high school thrower. Okay. Um, and I, I don't really know if she threw uh, after high school. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now you, you went to junior high in Azel, yeah. is that right? Yes. Okay. Okay. So, and were you, you know, describe us your technique Were you just kind of stand throwing in the front in seventh and eighth grade. Was she, you know, uh, coached you to maybe even do like a half turn. What was your technique like? Yeah. Um, no, she, she coached the whole spin. She taught me the whole oh, really? spin pretty quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's very knowledgeable for a junior high coach. You don't find those mo much anymore. <laughs> wow. So yeah. you never had to do the shuffle, shuffle, wind up 20 times, spin in a circle. I wind a few times out of the back, but I, that got fixed pretty quick <laughs> <laughs> i got you did you did you even like do you remember your first meet in the seventh grade did you even have throwing shoes or did you wear tennis shoes i had basketball shoes and they're actually on display at the school <laughs> are they really <laughs> they are oh wow. Oh, wow. Were, were they the chuck taylors were they converse oh. Oh no, they were probably from some Goodwill or something. They were, <laughs> yeah, nothing fancy. <laughs> that is, that's awesome. That's awesome. So early on, you you had an actor troupe of really picking this up. Was it something because your family, you came from an athletic background? You know, was your was your mom and dad? Did they throw? Did they were they great athletes in high school? Yeah. So nobody's ever thrown before, but um, we're definitely all pretty athletic. Um, okay. I say just in general, athletic people, uh, you know, my mom was athlete. She made varsity in high school and stuff. And my goal was to always be better than her as an athlete. Okay. Um, and I tell her that all the time. I'm like, I always wanted to be better than you. Cause she always kind of bragged about herself. <laughs> <laughs> and so I wanted to be better than that. And that's one of my first goals I ever set when I was younger was to make varsity and be a better athlete than my mom. Awesome. <laughs> Well, I think you accomplished that. <laughs> I think so too, but we won't tell her that. No, yeah. no, don't tell her. <laughs> so did, besides track and field, did you do any other sports, you know, in junior high to kind of catapult your career? Yeah. So, I mean, growing up, I've done pretty much every sport there is. I mean, other than golf and soccer, I think those are maybe the only two I haven't. Uh -huh. Other than the new stuff that's come around over the years. Yeah. Um, but I... I football, basketball, cheerleading, baseball, softball, uh, dirt bikes. Oh, really? Kind of volleyball. Yeah, kind of a lot of things. <laughs> oh, wow. So you're kind of a little daredevil. A little bit. I also had two older brothers I had to keep up with. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. okay. So did you ride dirt bikes just for fun or were you like competitive racing? Um, well, actually I used to just ride for fun, but up until, um, about five years ago, I actually started comp competing in it. I do a uh, cross country. Oh, oh wow. wow. Yeah. Cool. cool. Ah, that's fine. Do you feel like being a multi-sport athlete, you know, kind of, I mean, I'm at, this is very broad because we're going to get into your, you know, your high school years helped you, you know, your career being able to adapt to different situations and different competitive environments. Yeah, I absolutely think that being a dual sport athlete, whether it's 
basketball and track or any any two sports that are definitely going to help each other one way or another Um, and I think for me the the speed and you know the ability to be able to jump in volleyball translated so much over to throwing oh wow! and then obviously the strength really helped in volleyball as well yeah of course now I heard a rumor that you had a nickname um and you might have been I don't know the time frame but they called you the hammer is that right <laughs> they did yeah well how did that how did that come about and at first did you like it <laughs> um yeah I actually really liked it um the guy the guys at the school they all came and oh. watched the volleyball games and every time I'd get a kill they would just start shouting hammer and then eventually it got so popular that they were bringing like blow up hammers and stuff to the games and stuff. And they would like do the hammer motion. Oh, wow. Uh, that's awesome. That but is, that is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> that is cool. So you get into your freshman year, you know, and you, I think you, you go to state your freshman at Azel high school. Um, did coach Moore coach you from eighth grade to that freshman year? Or did you have a new coach when you went to Azel high? Um, I have a new coach. I still work with her a little bit. Okay. Um, just because she was so knowledgeable in it. Yeah. Um, but I had a high school coach. And then I do believe that's when I met um, Laura McClellan. She saw me at a volleyball tournament. And my mom was sitting behind her. And she mentioned something about me and asking if I threw. And my mom was behind her. She's like, actually, that's my daughter. And yes, she does throw. <laughs> and then. Oh, wow. She immediately, she said, well, if you want to win state, let me know. Knowing nothing about me, how far I've thrown or anything. She just said, if you want to win state, let me know. So we called her up the next year. <laughs> really? So yeah. tell us a little bit who the, what her background is. Um, Laura threw in college. Um, my memory is terrible. I went okay. to college, but she did throw in college. And she's been coaching for a while. She's a great coach. I mean, she's she helped me a lot. Um, my friend my, after my freshman year. Wow. Um, yeah, she she's really great. And I think the best the best thing about Laura um, was knowing when she couldn't help me anymore. Uh, so she got me to a certain point, and then she kind of was like, "Well, I don't know what else." So we are gonna find somebody else. So she was still a part of my journey throughout everything. But wow. she knew that she was like, well, as, as far as it, I'm concerned, you look great. <laughs> <laughs> and so she wanted to help me find someone else to get me to that next level. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. big for a coach to be willing to give up or not give up, but to share and mm-hmm. say, hey, I've reached what I know. Let's get some help. That's awesome. How was it your freshman year, you know, and kind of you're putting this situation and you're a freshman and all of a sudden you're throwing really farther and beating and winning all these meets and you're a multi-sport athlete. You have, you started getting the spotlight on you. How at 14, 15 year olds, do you think you handled that? Um, You know, I've always been a pretty laid back athlete uh, still uh-huh. to this day, like it's hard. Like I can go throw a world record tomorrow and probably barely get like a, any kind of reaction from it. Cause it's yeah. like, it's still unbelievable, honestly. Um, anything that I've accomplished still to this day, I'm like, no, that was just a dream. Um, but yeah, as a freshman, uh, it was pretty hard. Uh, just, I kind of set myself apart from everybody and it kind of felt like no one wanted to talk to me because of that. Yeah. But then once like I started to open up because of, I mean, they scared me. The older girls scared me. They're all, yeah. they were all older, but 
but then when I started to open up, I really started to get some really good relationships. That's good. That's yeah. Good. So, so you go to in your sophomore year, you know, and you're still at Azel, and then you make it to state, and I think you throw like 44 3 and 144, which are huge marks for a sophomore. Mm-hmm. what was that experience like going to the state meet in Austin? And then I think also too, you made it to Texas relays, you know, that's, that had to be amazing. Yeah. I mean, those meets are great. There's nothing like the Texas state meet or Texas relays. I mean, they're crazy. Um, I think I actually won state by like a centimeter or two that year. Oh, really? It was pretty close. Yeah. We were battling back and forth. And we both kept inching out like maybe an inch or something. It was pretty close. Uh-huh. It was 144 or something. And then second place was 144 or something. I can't remember. Wow. But I yeah. Ask, you know, all, the, all the accomplishments and that was your sophomore year. Do you still have that gold medal? Oh, I have all of them. Oh, yeah. We, oh, okay. <laughs> Who Does your mother have them? Um, She has some of them and I have some as well. I have, you know, like your district meets and stuff. Yeah. And she the nicer state medals. <laughs> she gets the real gold ones (laughs) (laughs) now were you still working with Laura during your sophomore year yeah um I actually think I I worked with Laura my sophomore year and junior year um because junior year going to Mansfield and so I still worked with Laura then but my high school coach in Mansfield was very knowledgeable as well in the throws who was that Uh, um, Ed Berry. Ed Berry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Ed Berry. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I think he threw in high school, maybe even a little bit of college, a small college, uh, but he had been coaching it for a while. So, I mean, a lot of coaches have never thrown it and they still know a lot about it. So, yeah. so, so from your sophomore to your junior year, when you, when you went to, uh, came to Mansfield Legacy, you started seeing 20 feet increment jumps. Mm-hmm. you know, in your throwing, can you kind of walk us through, was it a technical cue that you worked on with, with Laura, or was it something that you were just naturally an eight to do to be able to advance so far being so young? Yeah. So, you know, the, the, my finish has always been supernatural. Um, so over the years and even still now we, I mainly focus out of the back mm-hmm. uh, and that's really what we, we would do too. And, you know, I was thinking about this interview before. I'm like, I hope he doesn't ask a lot of technical <laughs> questions because I've never it been, will. <laughs> I know, I'm a huge technical thrower. I've been, it's natural ability and I'm blessed, but, and it, it's hard for me sometimes, like, especially for myself, because it is, you know, such a higher, such a higher level. When I see the high schoolers and I'm coaching, I can coach it because it's, usually things that I've gone through so I can understand it. But then now it's like, I haven't really been to the next level to really understand what I need, which is why I still have a coach, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's always been mainly out of the back um, issues, balance and stuff. Yeah. Because once I get to the end and my finish, it's all pretty natural. Would you say you, you were more of a, a, a rhythm and maybe a little bit of timing? You always seem to be very fluid. You know, even when I've seen early stuff on YouTube to what you did in the Olympics, you seem very fluid in your movements. Would you describe yourself as being fluid? I think so. Yeah, and usually I can tell when I'm off and I know it's going to be a bad throw just by a little bit of off timing and stuff. I'm not really, oh, my arm was there kind of person it's more of oh I got off 
Gotcha. Gotcha. So you go ahead. So I'm sorry. in that, when he said, you know, you gained so many, so much distance, were you lifting weights? Were you in the weight room a little more? Did any of that have anything to do with those improvements in your distances? No, I just think I was just, you know, developing more and getting to really understand my body. I didn't really, really get into the weight room until um, about probably my senior year. Really? Oh, wow. I mean, you, I did a little bit of weights here and there, but I never did anything heavy. I've always been naturally strong. Oh, nice. Now, now I know, cause I, I know, you know, your, your Wikipedia page gives kind of your height and stuff. Now, were, were you pretty tall, you know, as a freshman, were you kind of maxed out your height or did you still grow through your high school career? Yeah. So I was six, one at 13 years old. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Really? That tall. Okay. <laughs> So I probably grew an inch through high school. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you, I'm just curious, you don't have to answer this. Did you have big feet as a seventh <laughs> or eighth grader? Oh yeah. I've had a, I was probably a size 11. Oh wow. Uh, yeah. At like 12 years old. Oh wow. Probably lots of knee pain came with that being <laughs> six one at that age. Absolutely. <laughs> so oh. I, I'm curious, you know, you, and, and I think your junior year, you went to the World Youth Championship in France. That's a big transition from Mansfield and coming from Azel. How did you get exposed yeah. to, to throwing on a, on a big global perspective of being just a high school junior? Yeah, I mean, it's a whole new ball game. And I don't think I would have ever known about it if it weren't for Laura. You know, Laura is pretty much the person who took my career from being a good high school thrower to being a great high school thrower uh -huh. um, and beyond, you know, she really, she knew about these things and she really went out there and got me registered and everything. Like she was active. Wow. Um, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I, was, I, was, I was just, <laughs> so she just kind of took the ball and ran with it and stuff yeah. with, with your, Wow. I'm, and your no, parents were like, we put the confidence and trust in your hands. Yeah, we were clueless. Uh, we didn't know anything at all. We didn't know there were outside meets outside of high school. Um, nothing even that big either, especially at that age. <laughs> now, yeah. Did you do any type of summer track? Because, you know, we, we run a, a, a track club. Did you were you associated with any type of club in the summer? Did you work with her in the summer kind of year round? Yeah, there, there weren't any track leagues. I actually don't even know that there were any uh, summer track teams in my area, especially with uh -huh. throat. Yeah. At the um, but yeah, I, I worked with Laura quite often um, all year round, mainly because once I started working with Laura, there were track meets all year round, and I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. So even after, during volleyball season, would you go out on a Sunday and throw with her? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Wow. Now you said earlier you weren't very technical. Was she a person that instilled a lot of drills and stuff for you and made you do, you know, 50 half turns or something like that before you, you know, can move on to fools? Yes. She, I never really did drills before. It was always just warm up and throw. Uh -huh. And she's the one that kind of got me doing all the drills, um, all different kinds of stuff. And I wasn't ever allowed. Some days we would only drill. Like really? if she, that like this is what we needed to work on that's all we would do when we met up oh wow yeah well i'm curious too we haven't and i know discus but 
What was your what was your approach to shot put during during those first couple of years of high school? Oh man, we did. I I learned the glide in seventh grade too. Oh, you did. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I've always been a glider, and that pretty much I just over the years try to glide faster and uh-huh. get a little bit lower and just go from there and see what happened. <laughs> So, so she never tried to implement any type of rotational, you know, during your freshman, sophomore year? No, I don't think I even tried to play around with rotational till college. And I tried it a couple of times and it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> so can we say you didn't really love the shot that like it wasn't? Not, not really. Yeah. Um, Laura did tell me I needed to love the shot put to be good at discus. And I think that was a trick. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> you found out later in life that necessarily wasn't true. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. So, so can you tell us, you know, you go to that world championship. I'm, I'm curious, you know, how was that experience like? You, did you travel over there by yourself? Did she go with you? Did your mom go with you? Kind of how was that your first time on a big stage, you know, being out of the state of Texas to throw? Um, you know, it was it was really great. Honestly, we got to spend a lot of time together as a team. Yeah. Uh, we stayed in South Carolina for quite a while together before we went over mm. uh, and um, built a lot of really good relationships on that team. Even people I went to college with and um stuff and then there's some of the guys that were on the team that are in the nfl and we still all like touch oh, wow. base occasionally yeah like Who it was, was it? a really talented team um todd Gurley was okay. one of them and then there was another guy who my mind's going blank right now i have the worst That's name. All right. if i saw his name or saw yeah if i heard his name i would know it <laughs> but um yeah laura went my mom went um my grandma and my cousin went so i had a good support system there as well wow awesome. yeah wow so what was it like seeing seeing other throwers in that environment that were just as good as you i know and i say that because you know you dominated yeah. here locally and you go there and they're like just as mm-hmm. good as you yeah yeah it's crazy it's like a whole new world that I didn't know existed until I had that opportunity to do that um and I think it was really cool too to know um that there are people out there with the same talent as well you know um Laura always said it's lonely at the top which it makes sense when you're here competing and there's not really a whole lot to compete with you have to compete with yourself and you have to learn to do that but then when you realize that there are other people to compete with whether you're competing with them once a year or not that's the goal is to be able to go over and beat those girls wow did you you know i'm sure with the english in the communication language barrier it was difficult did you meet anybody over there that you are still friends with today or anything like that or through in the olympics yeah um i met a girl from australia her name's kesha keisha uh-huh. and um we still touch base, base occasionally and then like i said some of the people on the u.s yeah. team uh you know i went to college with some of them one one of the girls was my college roommate oh wow. uh, jennifer madu yeah we were on that team together oh, so okay yeah cool. so it, i mean it's really cool just to know I, w- I wish i had like a list of everybody on that yeah team, yeah, yeah there are quite a few people who've gone to the olympics or the nfl or other things too like just so much talent on that team 
when we were all like 14, 15, 16. <laughs> yeah. I may be jumping ahead of this question. So kind of at that point where you got a taste of throwing against people who were, you know, more challenging, more your caliber, is that where you thought, okay, I'm, I want to keep doing this. This is something I want to pursue even at that, that young age. Yeah. So I knew I loved it, but for some reason at this point, I didn't, I still didn't think I was good enough for it. Yeah, I, and it was, and I'll tell this story. I, um, it wasn't until I broke the national record, actually, until I started to believe in myself to like, that I could go somewhere. And really? I don't know, looking back at it, I'm crazy. I have no idea why <laughs> I was throwing <laughs> numbers as yeah. a, a super young age. Um, and I have no idea why I ever felt like that, but, um, I got to, you know, that point where I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I am good. I'm crazy. <laughs> it, it, do you think it was because your family, maybe, I mean, because you, you were naive to what the big realm of throwing world was, or it was just, you were kind of in your box and you were, you were focused on your coach coaching you and you were, you know, working to get better. Yeah. I just think, um, you know, I really don't know. It's just weird looking back at it. I think just within that time, um, I didn't really understand the future of throwing yeah. or my future in throwing as well. So it just didn't really make a whole lot of sense. You know, nobody really around you did throwing or around me did throwing. So I didn't really think much about it. And you can look back and it doesn't seem that long ago, but we didn't have as much social media out there and you didn't mm -hmm. have, you know, all of this to look and compare and see. So that kind of, yeah. you know, makes a difference because you don't see where you're at with, you know, people posting stuff constantly. Yeah. So. so after you get back from France and all that stuff and you're going into your, you know, your junior year, you kind of, you know, you go to the world junior championships again in Spain and all that. Are you starting to think about, I want to throw in college and, are you starting to get interest in people contacting you or your parents about, hey, come into this university and throw for me? The Texas Track and Field Coaches Association. Coaches education through our annual winter clinic, the state's number one track and field clinic. Texas Track and Field promotion. Our postseason meet of champions. Lobbying efforts with the state's governing bodies. The Texas Track and Field Hall of Fame. If it involves Texas track and field, we're at the forefront. Join our mission in continuing to make Texas track and field the nation's best. Yeah, um, I think I think it was actually volleyball junior year when I started to get a lot of interest because uh, I don't think track could contact anybody until senior year. I don't know if it's okay. different now. I haven't really kept up with all of that. Okay. But um, yeah, I started to, and that's when I really started to think about it because I was really debating on whether I wanted to do volleyball or track or if I wanted to try both. Um, so yeah, it, it did really start to happen. And that's when I was like, oh, well, I guess I, I could probably do this. And I would look at my numbers and kind of compare them to college throwers and stuff. And I was, well, as a junior, I was right there with a lot yeah. of college throwers. <laughs> wow. So, so was, was, there, was there a party that was like, I'm going to go do volleyball and not throw. No, college? no, I don't think so. <laughs> no, okay. it was a package deal. It was a package <laughs> was. deal. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what drew you, you know, because you're in a team sport 
versus an individual sport, you know, basically throwing behind Legacy High School, you know, by yourself? What, what, what drew you to both? I think just that they're so different. Um, when you're, and it's kind of weird, honestly, when you're in a team sport, um, it feels sometimes less of a team than it does when you're in an individual sport, when you have a lot more support system. Because if you think about it, sometimes in a team sport, it's a lot about yourself versus in the individual sport, you have your teammates and stuff cheering for you because you're not necessarily competing against each other unless you're in the same event. Yeah. Yeah, That's good. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I love volleyball. I love the competitiveness of it. And then I got to let my power out and stuff when I hit the ball. Um, But I love discus too, because of the fact that it's not technically a team sport, but it feels more of a team of a family kind of deal. Yeah, that's a great answer. I never really looked at it. That's a really good answer. Cool. We're writing that down. <laughs> this might be, you know, the little the sound bot that we give. Yeah, you, so. exactly. That is true. Yeah, that might be definitely a sound bot. That's good so, stuff, yeah. all right. So, you you having a successful jun- junior year? I, did you? I think you went state and shot in disc your senior year or junior year? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You threw you threw one sixty six eight in discus, mm-hmm. and I think forty six eleven in the shot put. You won Texas relays. Uh, you won the regionals. Oh, you threw, you won five ace with a throw of one uh, one sixty one. So I'm reading this off your site and all that type of stuff. <laughs> no, he has this all memorized. I do, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I you have so it. much. You have so much. I don't want to miss anything. So I want to make sure that we get the numbers right. We do you justice. So let's talk about that senior year. You're coming in. You're a senior. You're kind of the big dog on campus, but also in a big, big global aspect of throwing. You know, you're out there. Um, kind of walk us through your senior year and kind of what was your mindset of going in and how you were looking and approaching throwing. Um, I kind of at this point had, I really understood that it was, uh, me against myself, and uh-huh. I. I always wanted to go into track meets with a goal and usually the goal was a personal record. Um, at some point in my senior season, it became 200. I wanted to hit 200 so bad. (laughs) Okay. Um, it sadly never happened in high school. I got really close to it, but, um, I think really chasing that helped, um, because I think it's easy when you're so far apart, from the rest of the competition to kind of um, settle where with where you're at because you're already so much better that well it's good enough I'm gonna win anyways kind of deal yeah. you know I could have a bad throw and still yeah win yeah mm-hmm. and I should we probably skipped over this do you rem- remember like the first time you really started throwing far when you were getting the 180s and the 175s and you were then you were like oh my God, did I just really do that? Did it ever dawn on you? Well, I, the biggest time that happened and you know, 160 is a huge throw. I was throwing 160 my junior year. Um, but going into Texas relays my senior year, um, I was still pretty much in that 160, 170 range. And I think the meet record was 167 or 176, something like that. One of those numbers. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's my goal. I want to go into this meet. I want to break the meet record. 
And then that's when I broke the national record for the first time. And I think that's the first time where I was like, whoa, that was a good throw. Not thinking it was as good as it was. Um, you know, I thought maybe one high seventies, one eighty. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then when they announced the throw, I was like, whoa, I kind of blacked out a little bit. <laughs> and then, uh, that's really when I was like, and it's crazy because I've had those 20 to 30 foot jumps too, pretty much each year. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and that was just another jump, but for some reason that one was so much like I could actually feel that. And I feel like that because that was because like the technique finally started to join in with the natural ability and the strength I had. Wow. Now was coach, was Ed Berry there with you that when that happened? Yes. Do you remember, was he just excited? Was he just, what was his reaction that day? Do you remember? Yeah, I, I hardly remember. I do know that, um, one of my college uh, teammates, um, I think I was already committed to AM at the moment. Oh, you did? Okay. Um, and he was there videoing, and all I, I remember the video and he's, oh my God, oh my God, Shelby, oh my God, <laughs> I run over and hug my teammate. And I think I hug my mom and then I hug my coach. And then we walk out there to the mark and take a picture together. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. So going into that meet, did you feel like you were on the verge of something great, you know, with your preparation and your practice and stuff? Um, I didn't think that great. Um, I knew the meet record was easily accessible with how I felt and how I've been throwing. And so that's mm-hmm. why, because the meet record was further than I've ever thrown before too. So yeah. that's what I was going for that. Um, and then I just, I hit everything perfect. And it was really like something clicked because even after that throw, I was really consistent in the one nineties. Yeah. With the, everything clicking and stuff. So mm-hmm. just a little, just a little backtrack. So you said you've already signed with A&M and we were going to get into this, but we can go and get into it now. Besides A&M, what other schools were you looking at and where did you, what other schools did you visit? Do you remember? Um, yeah. So I started getting recruited for volleyball uh, junior year and it okay. started low and with smaller schools. Um, so I, I went to, um, Oh, they're the Aggies in New Mexico, New Mexico State. I, oh, yeah, New Mexico State, yeah. Yeah, so I went out there. Um, I went to UNT and some smaller D1 schools. Um, and then I kind of held off uh, just because I really I wasn't sure. I didn't know if I wanted to go further away from home or not. And then I got a random call from my coach one day and was like, have you committed? Because I think I was about to commit to UNT. And I don't know if I've ever told them this. So if they hear this and get mad at me, I'm really sorry. (laughs) 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 I was about to call and commit to UNT. And uh, my coach had called me and was like, have you committed yet? Please tell me you haven't. And it would be a verbally, a verbal commitment. But um, she was like, I have A&M on the phone, tech on the phone. Like everyone's just randomly calling me and emailing me. I don't know what they saw or what. And so all these bigger D1 colleges, I guess, heard my name or saw something. I have no idea. Still yet to have any idea how this yeah. happened. Yeah. Um, but then all these bigger schools started to contact my coach and me and send me letters and stuff. And so it really came down. Um, I visited a few schools and then it really came down to Texas Tech and Texas A&M. And I chose Texas A&M because when I visited, it was it just felt like family felt like somebody somewhere I'd really enjoy 
Um, it was also a little bit closer to home and I'm pretty much, I'm a, I'm a family person, kind of a homebody too. So I felt like three and a half hours was a little bit better than five to six hours. <laughs> oh, wow. So was Tech going to also be volleyball and track too? Were they both doing? Yeah. So that okay. was kind of a, kind of a, it's both or none kind of deal. Oh, okay. Cause I had places that were on the verge of they wanted me for volleyball and they were thinking about letting me do track. And I was like, well, if you're not going to let me do track, then I'm not going there. Like if, there's no ifs, I don't want to go there that bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah there were, I didn't really have in my mindset on a, a school. So it kind of made recruiting pretty easy. Like I didn't, they couldn't force me into anything because they had no leverage. <laughs> I'm curious, I'm curious, I have to ask this question because I love him to death and he's a good buddy of mine. So do you remember the first time you talked to Chico on the phone? I, I don't know, honestly, that I ever did talk to Chico on the phone. Oh, really? <laughs> ever talked to Chico in person, still to this day. <laughs> so how was your, well, okay, then, all right, we're skipping along. What was your first impression of Chico then? Um, Not really what I expected. Um, a couple of the throwers had, like, kind of tried to prep me. And then I do remember asking after I talked to him the first time, I was like, does it get easier to understand him? <laughs> <laughs> and they said, yes. And of course it did. Um, yeah. Oh, I love Chico to death. He's, he's great. That's awesome. Yeah. That's we, awesome. he, we're big fans of Chico and we support him yeah. all the time. Yeah, we so. talked to a ton of people who have thrown under him. So oh, yeah, he is, yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's like a legend. He is very him. much a legend. So yeah. let's, let's, you know, let's bring it back to your senior year. We kind of skipped over that a little bit. You know, your Gatorade national throw, I mean, track and field uh, athlete, track and field news, all the accolades anybody could ever get would most of the time go to a sprinter. And I believe at the time you were the first thrower to kind of get all the, the, the number one votes and all that. What, what was that experience like? And do you remember kind of when, the, how they notified you of those accomplishments? Um, I think a lot of them were usually by phone call or email. Okay. Um, the biggest one was the Gatorade award when um, they tricked me into just a regular interview and then Emmett Smith comes and taps on my shoulder. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. He, he was there and he uh, presented my trophy to me. Oh, wow. At the high school. Um, we actually, it was at a hotel, you know, it was all really weird. It, we <laughs> at a hotel. I don't even remember who this interview was with. Um, I think it, they said there was some magazine. Um, I was like, okay, yeah. And I assume my mom was in on it or I'm not sure, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. And they're like, just kidding. This is an interview. <laughs> you oh, are wow. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. That was kind of wow. cool. Yeah. Deceptive people. <laughs> <laughs> so, and we, so we got to talk about the record, the 198 and, 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 but first two, we haven't talked about kind of how do you how were your mindset and meets? Were you a were you a grunt? Were you talking to yourself? Did you watch your other throwers compete? Did you talk all the time? Kind of how was your approach in the competition? Uh, so I'm a pretty like I'm pretty shy until like you really get to know me, and um, I'm pretty intimidated too. Like it's kind of weird. I don't know especially as a high schooler. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> um, I was really quiet. I would listen to music. I would stay 
in my zone um, when it came to like actually warming up. I never watched anybody else throw. Um, I, I learn a lot off of visual. So I felt like anytime I would see anybody else throw, I would automatically pick up on something they were doing, uh-huh. whether good or bad. Yeah. Um, but it always messed me up. So I never, ever watch somebody throw, even in the warm up line when you're normally watching the person in front of you. And then you're like, okay, they're done. I walk in. I just waited till they pass by me and then I walk in. <laughs> uh, really? Yeah. Huh. yeah. yeah and that's that's not actually, a bad plan. Because so many yeah. high school kids are very, I guess, adaptable, moldable, or like, oh, yeah. we lost. There you go. There. They're like, oh, she just her further than I do. I'm going to do what she does. Yeah. yeah. So that's actually not now, was that something Laura implemented you in your kind of your mental approach? Um, I think it was more of my mom. I'm not sure. My mom has always taught me um that we don't have friends on the court kind of deal yeah Um, I always played sports against my cousins and it was always easy to kind of you know lollygag around when you're on the same court or field as your cousin and so from a young age I got pretty serious in sports and anytime I stepped on the field or I guess in the ring or in the area um it was just game mode so I didn't really care what anybody else was doing other than what I did and whether they were going to throw further than me or not, it was out of my control. So there's no, any reason for me to worry about anything they were doing. Yeah. That's a great, that, I, that's great. So you just kind of kept in your own little world. Did yeah. Laura, did Laura help you in your mental approach too of, of kind of dealing with being so young and throwing far at, at, at you know, during those four years? Yeah, she, I mentioned it before. She's the one that kind of told me that it's lonely at the top. Yeah. Uh, And it kind of is because there's this, I don't know, it's weird when, I guess when you're better than everyone else, and I'm not trying to be super arrogant when I say this, but when you're better than everybody else, no one wants to be your friend. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's weird. It's changed a lot now that you're older. Yeah. um, To support you. But when you're younger, it is like that, you know, the the kids don't want or are scared to talk to you or something. I'm not sure what it is, but yeah, yeah, it's just different. So before we jump into your college or where we're going, so you had Laura and then you had coach Barry in high school, right? Mm -hmm. How did that relationship work? Cause I, you know, cause Laura was like, had coached you from the beginning all the way through. And then you have your high school coach coaching you. Did he kind of let her take over? How did they work together to make you be so successful? Well, they were actually very similar. And then um, I mentioned before how Laura knew when she couldn't coach me anymore. Yeah. Um, that I then found, um, well, we actually reached out to uh, Michael Carter, Michelle Carter, yeah. um, to see if he could help me or if he knew anybody that could. And he was too busy with his daughters at the time that um, he sent me to Adam Setliff. So. Adam Setliff was, I think he's a two-time Olympian, if I'm not wrong, Um, and he was in the Dallas area, so that's my senior year right before the national record um, is when I started working with Adam, and I just listened to an interview he did not too long ago um, saying how he started working with me, and he thought I was good enough. He doesn't want to touch it, touch my technique or anything. Um, and he's like, okay, well, after seeing her throw, I have to change this one thing. And then, 
going in this is going into texas relays like two weeks later yeah and he's like i just i messed everything up she's gonna throw terribly she's gonna hate me (laughs) um i didn't know this at the time but right after i threw the national record he had a buddy there and his buddy called him and told him right right when it happened that i broke the national record and he told him that he was terrified that he just messed everything up <laughs> but nonetheless so it just with, made me take another 30 foot jump <laughs> so with all these like adam setlip and all coaching you coach barry was cool with all that right he was like all yeah. right you do well he i think he was cool with that too because he really helped a lot as well like okay good he, okay. yeah he was Curious definitely that. he was hands-on he knew what he was talking about he understood everything that the other coaches were telling me to do as well so it all meshed really well good. but he also understood that oh goodness <laughs> he also understood that um there were things that he couldn't see that other people could So what was your first impression of, of meeting Adam Setliff and, and, and him, um, instructing you? (laughs) Cause that's Adam's a good friend of ours as well. And I'm sure that was an interesting meeting. No, Adam, Adam scared me a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. He's intimidating. Yeah. And he's very straightforward too. Um, so, and as a girl, it was different because I've never had anybody really be that straightforward. Um, they're always, you know, they're like, oh, we'll do this. And he's like, why are you doing that? That's stupid. That's not what you're supposed to do. Do this, like do it just <laughs> like this, which worked out because I, I, I like to be coached that way and I'm very coachable. And so I think we worked really well as a team. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And, and I, you, you're the one thing I can really see in you is you're maybe kind of go with the flow because to be as talented as you are, you've had a lot of influences in your life to really kind of carry you down this path of success, right? Yeah. From oh, Coach yeah. Moore, from every, you know, from Coach Moore to Coach Barry, to Laura, <laughs> to Adam, to even getting to Chico. Chico, yeah. Right. No, I've been very lucky when it comes to having the coaches in my life that I have. Not only, you know, are they understanding that, you know, I'm, I'm done. I can't do anything else for you, but they didn't just drop me. They helped me get to where or with who I needed to be with next and then continued to support me as well. Um, and I think that really helped to, um, in trusting everyone. Um, I think it's, you know, I am pretty laid back, but I also had to have the trust in all these coaches in order to listen to them too. And I mean, they all had their, at the time they had, their credentials to be able to coach me so and and that's and I, I applaud you for that because to be as talented as you were at such an early age you could have you could have been hard-headed and difficult and not been like I'm not going to do that because I've already thrown farther than you threw in college you yeah female wise so I'm not going to listen to you mm-hmm. I applaud you for being open-minded and always listening to an external you know, voice from outside coming into your box to to take that and actually improve. That's yeah, an attribute to you because people, you know, when you're famous and at an early age, you know, like we hear stories of, you know, TV stars and all that, they'll, you're pulled in off different directions and that can be detrimental. Yeah. But for you, 
I don't know what it was about you, just maybe that laid back, you know, approach that the groundedness that your family instilled that you were able to kind of take that and still move forward with that. Yeah, a lot of it had to do with, um, you know, my mom was a single mom. Uh, My dad was involved, but not super involved, especially with my sports. Um, And he or she, you know, picked up extra jobs to pay for travel, to pay for my equipment Mm. and stuff. And so a lot of it came from not wanting to let her down. Um, And so I wanted to be the best I could for the fact that she was working as hard as she could to make sure I could follow my dreams. Oh, wow. that's awesome wow so let's so let's talk about that day that you throw that 198 <laughs> did you so was it because at this time you were you had 10 throws that were like already over 190 mm-hmm. you were just like getting to that close to 200 yeah. was you know was what was clicking do you remember was there like a technical clue that was c- clicking for you to be able to get those in- improvements um, I think it was mainly timing, timing out of the back. And you can slightly tell a difference when you look back at film. Um, you know, I say getting off off the left. I mm-hmm. would get off the left sooner. Um, if you look back at, you know, freshman, sophomore videos, I would stay on that left foot forever for days yeah. <laughs> and so I think that was really the biggest thing um technical timing wise that helped me with my throwing because my finish honestly my finish has not changed much since has not changed much since I was like 13 so <laughs> yeah 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 so 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 you you know you were already the national record holder at the time and you continue to push the envelope now was there talk at this time of of the standard for the Olympic trials and you make the Olympic team and all that. Yeah, I, I believe when I broke the record the first time Uh is when I made the um, B standard for the trials. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, So I'd already made it in and I was going to go compete. It would have been a crazy experience. And then when I broke it um, again, or maybe it was the 198, I'm not sure what the standard what is at the moment um but then i i made it to the a uh qualifiers and so um that's kind of when it became reality that i actually have kind of a chance at making this team like i would have to make uh get another pr at trials because i didn't have another chance before then um to make the team but there was still really good possibility especially with how my season had been going already yeah. And you're still in high school, right? You're or finishing your senior year. Yeah, finishing my okay. senior year. I was 17. Right. Wow. So what was that? Yeah. You're yeah, it's like ah <laughs> what where was that at? Olympics. Where was the trials at? Was it in Eugene? Yeah, I was in Eugene. Mm-hmm. Wow. What was that experience like going up there? You know, you're you're you know 17 years old and you're throwing against some of the people that have already been to the Olympics. And I think Susie Powell was in this, right? In 20 20- Yeah, Susie Powell, Stephanie Brown Trafton. Yeah. Uh, oh gosh, some some big throwers. Yeah. yeah. And there you are, 17 years old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I actually <laughs> this is so embarrassing, and I'm sure she already knows the story, but Stephanie um got my number somehow. And she texted me and was like, hey, let's do coffee or dinner or something soon before we all leave. And I was like, I'm sorry, who is this? And then she sent me, 
she said her name and everything i'm like sorry who is this oh, and no. she sent me a picture of it saying like 2008 olympic gold medalist i was like oh, oh okay <laughs> Like, I'm so sorry. I should have known. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. But when you're 17, you still yeah. live in your own little world. It's just. And I've yeah. always, yeah, I've always been, I don't like to pay a lot of attention to other people, like when it comes to being in my same sport, because I feel like it's just a distraction. Now it's completely different because I want to support everybody as well. But then I was just so focused on what I was doing at the time (laughs) that I had no idea who I knew these were like really uh talented girls and or women you know and um I just I don't know I just wasn't paying attention (laughs) well and five years before that you're what 12 so it's not like or that you're like I wouldn't have known in 2008 what yeah Yeah. but you you go there and you place fourth in the trials at 17 years old what an amazing accomplishment i don't know i still look back at it it feels like a dream (laughs) well and it hadn't been that long ago for sure yeah so i don't it's crazy like a lot of people don't i mean the trials are hard to get into a lot of people don't have the opportunity to make it into trials and to make it in at 17 i mean then i was so close to making the team i would have been the youngest to make the team usa Mm-hmm. And, and then, uh, in 16, oh, the hurdler, I know her name. Oh, she so was six. Sydney McLaughlin. Yeah, Sydney. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She made the team and became the youngest, but it would have been cool. You know, I was this close. I could have made the, I could have been that, that first one. <laughs> yeah. Do you, were you, a, I'm curious to wait and talk about this. Were you, cause usually their first throw for some people is kind of the best one were you a good thrower in the beginning or is it took you a couple throws to kind of get loose, you know, to pop the big one in the finals? I'm curious. So all of my coaches have hated this, but they've learned to accept it. I am a scratch, scratch, throw winning throw type of girl. (laughs) Really? Oh my gosh. I work really well under pressure, but all, all the big meets I've been a part of has always been, uh, like scratch throw to get into final and then get in the final it'll be scratch scratch and my winning throw is my last throw <laughs> oh i would bend yeah. over right here <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, my coaches never liked it <laughs> and, and wow. was, was that kind of something you just kind of felt comfortable with in that approach i'm just curious <laughs> i mean i never scratched on purpose yeah i got you asking <laughs> yeah. no yeah. i'm just gonna scratch them on purpose then. right um no i don't it could be nerves it i've always got i still get super nervous before every single track meet whether it's a super tiny one or a huge one it, i treat them all the same and i still get really nervous and um it could be nerves and just everything's out of whack and then i finally like okay get it together you have to throw this in order to win so I think I would finally just like really snap into it or snap out of it per se um, and get focused in and understand like it's either now or never. (laughs) Wow. So so did you watch the Olympics that year in 2012 and and watch, you know, the the finals and did you think to yourself that I was almost there? Um, Do you remember? I'm pretty sure I watched. I don't know why I watched, Um, but I was still... 
I I was 17 and kind of just want to enjoy summer. Yeah. <laughs> about to go off to college. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Two months later, you about well, to go to AM. Yeah, I was going to say, um, actually, August 7th is when I moved into AM. So, yeah. um, and getting ready for volleyball. So, yeah. You- yeah, I kind of had to transition your brain. Um, I was almost Olympian. Now I got to go play college volleyball. So, <laughs> so let's set that up. So you, you, you know, you, you do what you did in Olympic trials, and now you're a freshman. You know, at Texas A and M. Woo! So <laughs> you didn't go. You didn't go to A and M. I, I know I did that. <laughs> Isn't it illegal to do that if you didn't like yeah. actually go there? <laughs> so any breaking some kind of rule yeah. somewhere. So, you guys enjoyed listening to um, our first episode of Shelby. Stay tuned next week. We'll talk a little bit more about her um, college career at A&M and what she's hoping to look to do here in the future. So big shout out to our sponsors. We want to thank TTFCA, Texas Track and Field Coaches Association. Go to TTFCA.org for your latest news in track and field. Check them out. Got so much great information on there. Fourthrows.com. Use code TALKINGTHROWS10 to get 10% off. I'm Porta Circle, making throwing accessible. Go to porta-circle.com and get you a Porta Circle since we're getting in the fall and into the winter here pretty soon. If you're in the Austin area, Ready Up Athletic Development, remember to go to readyupad.com. Check them out. Follow them on Instagram or Facebook. Hello, Talking Throws Texas podcasters. I'm Bruce Caldwell. I'm here today to introduce the Fiber Sport Discus. Yes, many of you thought I only made great vaulting poles. I have been bringing quality discuses to the thrower's hands for over 40 years. First as Cantabrian USA representative, then for the past 10 years as the Nelco discus distributor. I introduced the yellow plated discus for the plastic's best durability. If your fiber sport discus breaks, we replace it. Our studies have reached into the science of using a wind tunnel and adding microchips to the discus to find the spin, the gravity, the flight stability of the discus. We have found it's not about rim weight anymore. It's more about creating a balanced stability to allow the discus to fly and surf the wind. Our new fiber sport discus is made to be selected to fit your needs, no matter the weather, no matter the conditions. Check out our discus selection guide at fibersportdiscus.com and find a dealer in your area that sells our fine product. Thank you, Jason Janelle, for allowing me to talk with your listeners on Talk and Throws Texas Style. And make sure that you guys are going to the throwingfactory.com website, checking us out if you're needing any type of lessons, whether they're online or in person. We've got days of the week right now that Jason and I are both doing some lessons, so we'd love to have you if you have a young aspiring thrower or someone who's just looking to get better as they're getting into um, another high school season. Um, make sure you check us out. Also, watch this on YouTube. Give us a like. Give us some feedback on YouTube or on um, Apple Podcasts or wherever that you listen to your podcast. Also, on our website, we've got Talking Throws podcast shirts. we got Thrower Mom shirts. we got a cool I Hammer shirt. We've got some Spinning is Cheating, a quote by Randy Matson shirt. So, if you're just looking for some cool throwing shirts, um, go check those out. We've got quite a few of those out there that you guys can see so um check us out next week and we will listen to shelby von wally talk about her college career and um what she's looking to do um in the future thanks